welcome to a new episode of Field Days, a podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello, and thanks everyone for tuning in to a new episode of Field Days. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by my, by my Twitter verified co-host, Chris Gouts. What's up, Chris? Happy to be back, back with you after a week with Noah, and but we'll be going back uh, to our our wanted uh, co-host, uh, and I think maybe next week or the week after, so we'll get to see our listeners, we'll get to hear from Noah soon. Well, you know, Noah's loving this, and um, it, was, it was nice to hear Noah's vo- voice back on the podcast, so um, for everyone out there, Noah will, Noah will be back on again in a couple weeks, or maybe next week, uh, to talk about another program going on at DRC. But let's talk about Matt Mates. Matt Mates was a guest on the podcast a few weeks back to talk about the survey. He was on with Kathy, Kathy Kiefer. And Matt Mates has officially now received and been the benefit of the podcast bump. Matt was promoted to RUM, and I think he officially started maybe last week. Uh, so congrats to friend of the pod, Matt Mates. So what else is going on, Chris? Well, uh, we got a couple things in, in the news. Uh, the director and, and Kyle Kaminsky, who we had on the pod uh, to talk about the budget, uh, we had uh, both of them testifying in, in front of the House and the Senate talking about our budget. And uh, Kyle and uh, Leah were there to talk about health care uh, and all the, all the $315 million roughly in our budget uh, proposal for, for prisoner health care and all the things that go on with that. We talked to the House subcommittee about that uh, last week. And then uh, Director Washington was in front of the Senate Appropriations Subcommittee uh, last week to talk about just sort of a general overview of the budget. And, you know, she really stressed again how there is not a prison closure uh, recommended in this budget as we we don't have enough uh, vacant, empty uh, general population beds at, uh, on this date to uh, facilitate a closure. And she, she did say that that is the goal because that's what we're always working towards is to reduce our population, re- return people out uh, through offender success. And so we have fewer people coming back to us, uh, but also things like we talked about last week with RAP, which will hopefully lead to fewer people even coming in the front door to us. So, But at this point in time, we just don't have the beds. Our goal is, is to get there, but uh, as of right now, we don't have the beds, and that's not recommended in the budget, and the director made that point uh, to the subcommittee. So I um, thought that was an important point for her to make and for uh, you know our staff to hear. Then we also had some, some good news uh, in the Saginaw area. ABC 12 reporter Terry Camp did a really great story on ARU and friend of the pod, uh, Lieutenant Levins. So um, even though he made fun of us, uh, we, we did not... Uh, we had, didn't take that, hold that against them. We we wanted to be out there because we love to promote ARU and all the all the things they do. So it was great to see uh, Lieutenant Levins on the news, represented the MDOC, uh, in, in in truly great fashion. So if you have a chance, the link is up on Twitter and on our Facebook page. You can see see that interview and see some of the work that they do. Well, you know, Chris, they did hold their interviews. ARU did speaking of ARU, and I don't know. Did you make the cut? Maybe a cut. Because I, uh, I sure didn't, and I'm, I, not, I'm not very happy about it. Yeah, so. I, d- I did not make the cut. I think my I think my skinny jeans were apparently getting <laughs> in the way of my uh, my running too fast. <laughs> oh, well said, my friend. Well said. So today, you know, we do have a exciting show today. We have uh, Ryan Powell and Angie Sprank to talk about a really innovative and creative program going on on the west side of the state uh, involving the truck driving schools and, and a program over there. So let's let's get right into it right now. Well, Chris, I'm excited to continue our Fender Success series. I know last week you went down to DRC and uh, had a chance to bring back our co-host, 
our, our hidden co-host out in Detroit, Noah Nagy. So it was it was great to listen to the rap program. It's a exciting program going on down there, and I know we're going to expand that to the west side of the state, hopefully in the next year or so. Uh, but today, you know, we have a program that we're going to talk about that's really benefited our offenders and given them access to, you know, a career job. It's not just a job that they go to for 90 days, um, you know, and, and hope they get hired, or it's a it's a minimum wage job where it's not really a, a career. This program we're going to talk about today is actually giving our offenders a career opportunity, and I'm excited to talk with Ryan Powell and Angie Sprank um, about this exciting program, and it was actually featured in the Corrections Connection last Friday. So let's get to it. Ryan Powell started in 2010 at the Electronic Monitoring Center. From there, Ryan moved on to the prison reentry area uh, as a community liaison, liaison, and in July 2016, Ryan moved into his current role as Workforce Development Specialist. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. And we also have Angie Sprank. Angie started with the West Central Prison Reentry Site in 2012 as a community coordinator and added the West Shoreline uh, area in 2015 in the same position. And last October, Angie added more counties to her resp responsibility, including Allegan and Barrie. And starting April 1st of this year, she will add Kent County to the, all, to the list of counties she serves. So welcome, Angie, to the show. Thank you. So I do want to get into the truck driving school, but first... I kind of want to talk about what your guys' roles are. I know you're, um, you know, a community coordinator in reentry. Ryan is an actual DOC employee in reentry. So, if you guys could each talk about your roles and kind of how it fits into this program. Yeah, um, my role as workforce development specialist for the department. Um, I network with employers across the state of Michigan um, that are willing to give returning citizens a second chance um, as they come out of prison. Uh, so far, I have networked with over 90 employers, 70 of which have been on board with hiring individuals with a felony record. Also been working with the uh, local parole offices and uh, agents on finding qualified candidates for those positions. Um, so that's pretty much what I'm doing at this point. As far as coordinator, I have a lot of responsibilities, especially having rural and then bigger counties because obviously they have a lot of, um, of their own needs. So I spend a lot of time in the parole offices working with staff and with the supervisors. I also teach CBT. I teach COG class to offenders at Muskegon Jail that are Kent and Muskegon parolees. do that at Muskegon Parole and up in Macosta as well. And then I also work with Ryan, obviously, with the truck driving program. And then we have other little programs in each county that I work with the supervisors and agents on. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the truck driving program. If you guys, if one of you, if one of you could give an overview of, you know, kind of how the program started, who's involved in it, and how it's helping our people, that'd be great. Yeah, the truck driving program uh, started up uh, about 15 months ago in November of 2015, and it was a concept that ALTL incorporated out of the Grand Rapids area. They had this program in mind. They were looking for um, talented truck drivers because um, you know looking for, to dive into a new talent pool, basically. And they uh, partnered up with uh, Pinnacle Truck Drivers Training School up in Cadillac, Michigan, with this idea. Brought in Michigan Works, brought in the DOC um, to try to get this off the ground. The uh, original concept was to start the training inside the facilities and then uh, move it on. As they paroled out, they would have a career in truck driving once they got out. You know, we kind of spun our wheels a little bit with that concept of starting inside the facility with, you know, the idea of not being able to have on-the-road time you know, behind the confines of a prison. Um, but then uh, we kind of started with a pilot program over in the Grand Rapids area with those companies. Um, and that's where it kind of kicked off. ALTL agreed to take um, two guys to start. And uh, we got those two vetted out in March of 2016, or actually February 1st of 2016. 
they went to training and uh, graduated and started with their company on March 1st. Well, that's a very innovative and creative program that uh, this company came up with. I mean, this is this is pretty interesting to, to have a company come to us and say, hey, you know, I want to hire reentry offenders. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty pretty um, you know fascinating and, and really good on their part. So that's that's good that they did that. Uh, so let's talk about some of the numbers, I guess. So you said they started the first person started on February 1st of 2016. How many people? Kind of went through the program. Are we seeing that people are actually staying employed with this, or is it a, a quick, you know, is there a lot of uh, turnover in, the, in these jobs, and is there a success rate in this? For all of those that have left school and went on the road, it's a hundred percent success rate. We have thirteen offenders uh, driving. Uh, we have one female. We have twelve males, and all of them are successful. And we have three of them that are coming up on their one-year job retention rate. And then from there, it varies. But once they've started with their company that we've paired them with, it's been successful from there. We don't have any failures. And to kind of build off what Angie said a little bit, uh, we held a employer recruitment event up in Pinnacle um, back in November here of 2016 um, to bring some more companies on board, get a little publicity for this program, um, and try to expand it to other areas of the state outside of Grand Rapids. Um, you know, so, so far, you know, the numbers that Angie talked about, we're looking to expand on that. And we've got eight companies on board right now, ranging from Kalamazoo to Grand Rapids, um, over in the middle of the state in Shepherd, Michigan. Um, and we're looking to go, you know, you know, through all 10 regions eventually. So let me ask you this. Can, can anybody get into this program or is it just offenders that live in that specific area or can people, you know, from, I don't know, Lansing or from... Cadillac or from other areas, can they jump into these programs or not? Well, we're trying to make sure that the employee or the parolee stays with the company that they're vetted for. So if we've got a company out of Shepherd, Michigan or the Grand Rapids area, we're looking at those local parole offices for a candidate um, so that they're not looking to, you know, so to speak, jump ship and go to another company closer to home eventually. We're looking for longevity and we want this to be a career opportunity for them. We want it to work out for both the company and the, um, the individual. Right, and we ask the offenders to give a year commitment to the company they go to. And so that's another reason we try to pair them up where they live. So that has led us, as we've had companies come on board, that's led Ryan and I to go to different areas, to go to Saginaw, to go to Kalamazoo, Van Buren, so that we're working with those parole offices so that we're bringing in offenders that live close to the company because obviously we want the company to have them beyond that year. And the guys that are driving have told us, you know, I have no intention of leaving. You know, I'm committed to this company. They gave me a chance. And I think it's important to note, of the 13, four of those have successfully discharged from parole and are are still doing what they were doing before. You know, they're working for the company and they're doing well. And they still will reach out to me or the supervisors just to say, hey, things are still going well for me. Uh, that, that's great. So, um, so how do we get our offenders uh, into the program? Obviously, we've we've had some already, but how do we, how do we get more into the program, and what kind of offenders um, can be part of this? <clears throat> a lot. One thing we spent a lot of time in when we were building this program was what we call the vetting process, and we obviously worked very close with the agents and supervisors and the companies on. You know, who are we looking at? What pool do we want to go to? And so the first thing we decided is we wanted to look at parolees who have been on parole for six months, have not had any violation, no dirty drops, have completed whatever required classes, and then also they're coming as a referral from their agent. 
We tend to look for guys who are employed so that we're seeing that commitment. We're seeing that they're able to go to work every day. And then we do have a few medical requirements, but that's only for the fact of passing the DOT uh, medical screening that they have to pass. So it starts with an agent. An agent will tell a supervisor, this is the person I want to refer. Typically, for the most part, then supervisors will interview that person. And then in my area, the supervisors will ask me to come in and do an interview as well. So in terms of, you know, this is obviously, uh, there, there's a lot that goes into this training. So obviously there, there's a cost associated with that as well. So where does, how much does this cost and, and who's paying uh, the tab for this? Yeah, the cost for the training up at Pinnacle is uh, $6,000. We've kind of set it up where we want everybody to have some skin in the game, so to speak, when it comes to the reimbursement of it. So the 6000 covers the CDL training, Department of Transportation, physical, and everything associated with getting your CDL license. There's also costs associated with sending somebody to training as well. So Offender Success Program covers the lodging up at Cadillac, and they'll cover you know gas cards or transportation costs to get the offender to and from training uh, when they need to get there. For the 6000 for the CDL portion, there's a couple different variables here. Um, it's $6,000 total. When we talk with these trucking companies, we try to get them to agree to pay a portion of that training so they invest in the, you know, their new employee. Uh, it starts off at $3,000 with their commitment and then a commitment from the offender to pay back on payroll deduction $3,000. In most areas, we've partnered with Michigan Works and uh, utilizing their WIOA funding, uh, we've been able to come up with uh, a third split for each party where it's $2,000 for the company, $2,000 for the, uh, the candidate and 2000 for the WIOA funding to cover that. Um, the reimbursement schedule for that, most programs you would think that the funding has to be paid up front. In this program, that's not the case. Um, Pinnacle covers that $6,000 when they go to training um, and WIOA pays their portion right as soon as they obtain their CDL license after training. Um, the participant pays their $2,000 on payroll deduction um, as they're working over their year commitment. And then the trucking company pays their portion every 30 days. They pay another $1,000 until they're paid off. And clearly the, the employers see uh, the benefit in this. I mean, as you've talked to them, do they ever talk to you about, you know, what they see? Is there some sort of commonality amongst the prolies in their mindset, like why, they're, why, these, uh, why this population would be a good fit? I think one thing that was told to us that stuck with Ryan and I was ALTL, Claren Lau is who we work with over there. And he, he had the first three that came through and then he reached back out to us and he said, these guys have just kind of re-energized our whole company. We want more of them. They're committed. They're thankful. I have dispatch saying we want more of these guys. Our trainers are. And, and we're hearing that from the other companies too as they're bringing offenders onto their workforce. Well, when they, when they go through this training, how, how involved is it and, and, and how long does it, does it take to, to go through? Uh, the, train, the CDL training is a four-week program. Um, that's kind of how our model is set up. It's basically like a three-tier model. Um, the first stage being the CDL portion of the training. The second stage is the training that they have to do once they finish their CDL training with the company. So it's kind of an on the road with a, a senior driver, so to speak. It could be anywhere from one month to three months, depending on the skills of the individual and how far along they are after CDL training. And then the third stage is that they get assigned their own truck and trailer, and they're on the road on themselves on their own routes. 
Well, you know, I know, I mean, truck driving historically doesn't just stay in the state of Michigan, right? It's, it goes around the country. Some, some, I know sometimes having been in the field and as an agent, that can be tough, right? Because you need, because our fetters aren't typically allowed to leave the state of Michigan unless they're given approval by their agent. Have you guys had any issues with that restriction? Um, or can you talk about, do, do they leave the state number one? And is there any, have you had any problems with that restriction? Right now, all the companies we work with do leave the state. So I think it's important to note the agents and supervisors that have taken part in this program have been fantastic, especially Muskegon. I think almost half of our offenders on the road came from Muskegon Parole. And I believe that's because um, Supervisor Carlson and Janelle Freeman, they're very invested in it, and so are the agents there. And as the first few came through, the other agents saw the success, and then they would refer some offenders. And what the agents will do is work right with dispatch with the company. They'll email back and forth any travel that they need. And then we do have one sex offender, I believe. So his travel pass obviously has to go up to a regional manager. Um, regional manager Martin approves that. So we have not had one issue with a travel pass. The trucking companies also have programs that you can, an app you can put on your phone so the agents can look to see where that truck is at any time. Um, so they'll coordinate. You know, if the company's seen something with, with an employee, they'll reach out to the agents or me and just say, hey, you know, we see this going on, and sometimes all that takes is just to check on them to see, you know, they're adapting to being out on the road for 14 days at a time. Um, but so far, we, that's went really well with getting the travel passes. There has not been an issue at all. Well, that's good to hear because uh, this is an important opportunity for a lot of people who historically have not had this opportunity to be employed like this. So that's good to hear. And you know what? This, this sounds like a wonderful program, and I appreciate you guys coming on today to talk about this. Is there anything else that you guys want to talk about? As far as the program goes? Yeah, I guess just one other thing to kind of throw out there is that, um, you know, this is a life-changing event or life-changing career path for, you know, some of these guys coming out of prison. You know, they're starting out at anywhere from forty dollars to $45,000 a year, and they can get up to $70,000 a year depending on how much they want to drive. So, you know, this is an opportunity for them to get their themselves or their families out of a bad situation that they've been in their entire life, and, you know, just a great program for them. Well, well said. Uh, obviously, you know, when we do this podcast, it's largely for, for our employees to hear and learn about things going on. But, you know, programs like this that are really popular, we hope that it spreads out farther. So if there's employers that are listening to this, how would they get in touch with you to, to get involved in this program and be part of it? Yeah, a good way to get a hold of us would be to reach out to Angie Sprank or Ryan Powell. Um, our contact information is in the, in the newsletter. Um, and we can send any information regarding the program. It's got the program eligibility, vetting process, um, you know, and every aspect of the program in there. We can answer any questions that you may have. Okay, that's good to know. So, they, so if people want to get a hold of you, they can go to uh, michigan.gov backslash corrections, and they can get on and find the Corrections Connection. Um, the episode was just last Friday, and your contact information is in that newsletter. So thanks for sharing that, you guys. Thanks for sharing everything you did today, and we appreciate you coming on Field Days. Thanks, guys. Thank yeah, you. Thanks again. Well, before we go, we wanted to take a few moments to talk with uh, Holly Kramer to talk about what's in the newest edition of the Corrections Connection newsletter, which uh, she puts together for us. And we're happy to have her back after several months uh, of absence. And so she's here now to tell us uh, all about what's in the February edition. So in this month's newsletter, uh, there is also a story about the Offender Success Truck Driving Program that you heard a lot about on this podcast. I had the opportunity to go up to Cadillac and see the school where our parolees are training. 
it was a really neat experience and uh, got to ride in a truck, got to see the simulator that they train on and learn a lot about that. You can also read about our new corrections officer of the year, Carrie Johnson. She's from G. Robert Cotton Correctional Facility, and uh, she'll be representing us as the 2017 Corrections Officer of the Year. I'm uh, excited to see her speak at our Corrections Officer Academy graduations. All right. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at mi corrections and on twitter at michigan doc as well as the foa account at mdoc foa and the cfa account at mdoc cfa and you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag ask field days until next time thanks for tuning in to field days podcast